Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're listening to Screen Heroes on the Heroes Podcast Network. Derek here of Screen Heroes on the Heroes Podcast Network. Nominations are open for Best Local Podcast in Kansas City at thepitchkc.com slash bestofkc19. Please consider going to the Arts and Entertainment section and voting for Screen Heroes as the best local podcast of Kansas City in 2019. Nominations are open until July 8th, so please get your nomination in as soon as possible. Thank you for your consideration. Hey everybody, uh, Derek here from Screen Heroes. Just a quick heads up, the first like four minutes of the podcast, the audio is a little clunky for Ryan and myself. Ray sounds fine. Um, but at about the four and a half minute mark, it gets significantly better because during the live stream, someone pointed that out to us. And so the first, you know, four minutes or so are kind of edited a bit. So if you don't want to just skip past those, that's fine. We just could talk about some news. So it does get better. Just want to give you a, a warning for that. In this week's episode, we're uh, doing our Fill Our Holes Retro Review, Ryan's pick of Kick-Ass 2. We also talk Kick-Ass 1 and a bunch of news. So let's do it. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Screen Heroes. I am Ray, one of your hosts every week. Oh, my God. And I'm here with my other two weekly hosts, Ryan. Hello. And Derek. Hi. How are you all tonight? I'm doing okay. Yeah. Doing, doing good. Yeah, not too bad. This week, the theme was uh, Kick-Ass. And uh, actually, it started out being Kick-Ass 2. Because Derek and I ended up missing it in 2013 when it came out. And it but was... you enjoyed the original. We did. And so, yeah. Absolutely. So but... disappointed that you missed it. Yeah, it was. It really was. 2013 was a rough year. But we all just prepped and wanted both. So we might as well just talk about both movies, yeah. you know? Might as well. So every week we talk news. Let's do that. So we've done this a hundred and sixty like four times. It was very distracting that you weren't saying anything. So we stream this live on Twitch, and I had to fix the stream title. You know, so. I just expect everybody to pull their own weight on the show. That's yeah, all. Yeah, if only I didn't handle all of the tech. Woe is me. All right, so Dark Phoenix had the largest drop on the second week than any other superhero movie has ever had. 71.5%. Bigger than any other superhero movie ever? I th- so, yeah, that's, that's insane. BVS had the record at like 60.5% or something like that back when it came out. That was a really big deal. Um, yeah. 
Well, I know what that drop was. Ian only saw it once. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to Ian from Echo Station, our Star Wars podcast, who has seen Dark Phoenix now voluntarily and paid for it three times. I thought he only paid for it twice. Yeah, he got a screener. Oh, okay. That's fair. I wish we had seen it for free. We, We reviewed it last week with Ian on the show. So if you're curious what our clearly glowing reviews were of the film yeah. uh, <laughs> Ian said it was his second favorite X-Men film and I that makes you want to cry especially I, mean, I don't I'm know so how scared, to process that I mean like, I'm on the podcast to be honest with you <laughs> he's not going to listen to this so it won't matter uh, but we can stick with the box office news so uh, a couple movies open this weekend well three three, three movies open this weekend <laughs> worth noting anyway uh, Men in Black International which won the box office with 30 million just over 30 million oh so no one uh, saw movies this weekend so, i mean we saw that one but uh shaft came in sixth place opening weekend with just uh 8.9 million uh with dark phoenix actually beating shaft a samuel l jackson movie which, shut your mouth yeah um and then all the way at number 12 even though it was more of a limited release um and when i say that i mean like Men in Black was in 4,200 screens uh shaft was in 2,900 this was only in 600 uh, which was The Dead Don't Die, which is the Bill Murray, Adam Driver zombie film. And that only made two and a half million. So I not... imagine that one was pretty low budget, though, other than the uh, salaries. Yeah, I would think so. Um, it, is it is considered a... an indie yeah. film. And... It's a focus film. So it's it's an independent film. It's not meant to compete. But really. that one had high reviews. Critics are really loving that one. I haven't looked yeah. at reviews, so I'm glad to know that they love it. Uh, we thought about going and seeing it last weekend. But. So, Titans dropped some news. They cast uh, Aqualad this week, and they also released a photo of Superboy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was on somebody's personal Instagram. Oh, cool. Yeah. It, so, spoiler alert if you haven't seen Titans Season 1, but mm-hmm. yeah, so at the very end, they show like the lower half of Superboy. <laughs> and it's freakishly big like arnold schwarzenegger on even bigger than arnold schwarzenegger big on the edge of believability muscular like it's crazy and this guy that they cast there's no way that's his legs like, i'm just gonna be honest with you it's impossible yeah um but he's wearing a superboy he looks his outfit looks like the mm-hmm. i mean it's just a t-shirt and blue pants i guess but Aqualad totally resembles the more comic book look of Aquaman. So, so is it's Aqualad black in the comics. Or there are white? two. There are two Aqualads. Okay. And, I'm used to the Young um, Justice one. I guess. Yeah. Calderon is a black man, and uh, the other guy who goes on to become Tempest is white. So okay. I assume they're going with that one. Seems that way. Missed opportunity, I think. But yeah, probably. Calderon would have been much cooler. He's a more fan favorite. Maybe they didn't want him because he's already in Young Justice, and Young Justice is still currently on now. It is. They didn't yeah. want two incarnations of him. Not mm-hmm. that there aren't two incarnations of, say, Dick Grayson or something like that, but, you know. Whatever their reasoning for it, it could. It, most likely, it's a way to distinguish him from Aquaman, from Jason Momoa. Just Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like a black man probably would have distinguished him. I completely <laughs> agree but, with you. you know. Completely agree with you. Uh, so Jason Momoa has said that he wants to be the new Wolverine, 
which the internet told him to shut the fuck up and be Sabretooth instead. Check, and, <laughs> check his privilege. Yeah, people uh, even showed fan art of him as Sabretooth, and I'm on board. <laughs> like, he looks amazing. I like how we went with, like, so Hugh Jackman obviously is larger than the Wolverine in the comic books and the cartoon and everything. So we've decided, well, we already went big. Let's just go bigger. Yes. <laughs> The All the bigness. <laughs> I just don't like the idea of having like seven actors be every hero in across Marvel and DC because it seems like there's a lot of them that are doing mm-hmm. both at this point. Oh yeah, and it's getting to be more and more common. You know, I'd rather just get new actors, fresh faces, whatever. I like Jason Momoa, but you know, let somebody else take a shot. Which at is it. why I also don't want him to take over a, a new property. Sabretooth is never going to get a spinoff movie. It's never going to happen. If he appears as a villain instead of a hero, if he appears in heavy prosthetics and makeup, then, like, it is enough differentiation for me. But, like, if he takes over for Wolverine, then another potential nine films, I guess. So, what's... I mean, I guess that's called, like, hedging your bets, right? (laughs) Like, it's job security. I mean, I I get it. I can can understand that to an extent. And right now, since the DC universe is kind of in limbo, you know. Well, see, that's the thing. I get that. You would think it's in limbo, but they keep churning out movies. They just don't know what they're doing. Right. So it's totally different. They have no plan. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. Totally different than limbo. Um, They could pull the Marvel thing and just, like, with each new movie, retcon something from the past, and that's... That's how Marvel solves all of its problems. Pretty I mean, much. DC has done some of that they have, on their own yeah. already. So. I'm actually curious how much Birds of Prey and Suicide Squad 2 are going to retcon you, the you, previous The films. Suicide Squad sequel reboot. Get over it. Oh, We've already talked about this. I'm just saying you can't have it both ways. It's one or the other. I mean, we'll see when the movie can. comes out. So This is a movie. MTV Movie Awards occurred. Which I didn't even know. Uh, yeah. Didn't even know I didn't that. Know, I didn't know until I started seeing pictures from it this morning. Yeah. Some cool things happened. Brie Larson won for best... Stunt sequence. Stunt. Oh, okay, cool. Well, she brought her two stunt people up there. And uh, it just proves that the stunt... I, I guess group department whatever you want to call the stunt workers are completely overlooked by most people by most awards and then uh, it, it also shows that three women played the captain marvel role so not everything is not everyone's capable of doing so many crazy things like Brie Larson trained for almost a year, and still she wasn't able to do some of the stuff. And the sequence well, that they picked at one was kind of ridiculous too. It was the Minerva fight, which is like barely even a fight. I was more just impressed with what she did than like the. Right. Uh, I'm just saying, I mean, it's voted on by the fans, so yeah. whatever. Right. Now, but, to, to be fair, it's not always that an actor can or cannot perform something. Sometimes it's an insurance issue. Oh, absolutely. About losing your lead. Right. So Brie Larson may be capable of doing most or all of those things, but Marvel wasn't going to lose their first lead female superhero to a broken leg or something. That's totally fair. It's just usually a lot of people only have one stunt double. Oh, yeah. So it just proves how intense the Captain Marvel role was. That's definitely for sure. Each stunt person had their own set of skills. But like what I'm worried is they'll add like stunt stunt crew like oscar type categories and then tom cruise will win all of them is what will probably happen the first time it would be his first oscar since the 80s so maybe 
he does seem very dedicated to the craft. Speaking of stunt stuff, wasn't there something about Daredevil? What, what awards was that? What mm. award was he shunned for? Which I thought an was Emmy? Was, yeah, was it was an Emmy. Emmy. It was an yeah, Emmy. so if you if you watch Daredevil season three, there's one episode that has a 15 minutes no cut uh, fight sequence uh, that mm-hmm. pretty much follows Matt Murdock through a, a prison, a prison, yeah, an yeah, entire prison basically. And it's incredible. I mean, it's not the best choreographed thing I've ever seen, but in terms of technicality and like how much work went into it, it was pretty incredible. But it's not eligible for an Emmy for best stunt sequence because it's more than three minutes long. So realistically, I feel like some of the uh, headlines might have blown it out of proportion a little bit. You could submit three minutes of it to 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 uh, absolutely, award, but it's you know the whole point is you know how difficult the entire sequence was yeah i mean some of this stuff starts to look like technicalities right like you look at the lego movie and the lego movie was disqualified as an animated feature because it has like three minutes of live action at the end of the movie mm-hmm. right and so the fact that 96 percent of it is animation and stop motion and all those types of things that's all completely wiped away because will ferrell shows his face for 90 seconds yeah you know um it kind of feels like they you kind of lose the spirit of what you're supposed to be celebrating. Right. So I yeah. get it. Agreed. The the guidelines are there for a reason, and I'm sure that time limit was put there for some purpose. But... I mean, this is why the WAG, DAG, and SAG Awards came to be, because uh, they were so tired of having to rely on these stuffy old academies and panels that they created their own awards to award each other what they thought was good. Like last year, Bradley Cooper was snubbed at every award show except for the dire- Directors Guild Awards. So, you know, he won that one. Because, and that's a little bit better, in my opinion, because that's your peers recognizing your hard work. So right. maybe Golden Globes will recognize it maybe maybe i mean it's the show's dead in the water so it'd just be nice yeah. to see him get some recognition towards the end you know yeah have you watched any of jessica jones i've watched maybe two episodes yes i've watched some of it but i how's I, your first impressions i mean it's feels like jessica jones it's so That's far good. so good i mean it's uh, leaning into a health the hellcat storyline a little bit more i mean she's not taking the moniker yet or anything like that you know but trish walker is a big mm-hmm. part of uh, the story so far so here's hoping she gets a cowl right yeah that'd be cool <laughs> <laughs> i imagine that probably doesn't happen but okay any other news yes we had a good amount but i mean it's no i mean it was all mostly small stuff this week yeah, yeah there's there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that came out about men in black um it was kind of a disaster behind the scenes so okay this is kind of interesting so apparently chris hemsworth and tessa thompson both were so unhappy with the way the script was being handled because it was basically two different people who had two different visions of the script and the studio just looking the other way. They hired their own dialogue writers, which honestly I did not know was a thing an actor could just go and do. I assumed that like certain people did that as part of their contracts, like Robert Downey Jr., Brad Pitt, like, you know, it didn't occur to me that you could just hire a dialogue actor if you weren't happy with the script. Um, so that basically means at least four to six people were writing this movie with mm. their own idea of what it should be. Maybe it wasn't so easy. Maybe it was a breach of contract. Maybe they had to pay something to the studio to do this, but they felt so intensely about it that they did. 
I like I don't get why that movie has so much hate. Like this is the fourth in a franchise. It's actually a continuation. It's it's a sequel. It's not a reboot or a remake or anything. It wasn't lifeless or completely without charm. It it lived up to the Men in Black name. If you liked any of the three that came before it, pro- chances are you're gonna like some of the jokes in here. Like it's very stereotypical Men in Black. Is it an earth-shattering movie? No. Did it change my life? Absolutely not. But did I have fun for an hour and a half? Yeah. It was. It the jokes were funny. Kumail uh, Ninjani was hilarious. So, like, just get over yourselves, guys. If you don't want to pay that much to see a movie, you're just gonna be met about. That's fine. That's fine. But no need to bag on it. Like, you know what it is going into it. Just like the Jurassic World movies now. You know what they are. Just go. Or don't. I don't care. I think a bunch of critics just wanted to make the neuralizer joke because that seemed to be what most of the headlines were about. Like, the movie was so bad, you should just neuralize me. Uh, get it? Guys, we're going to go on a break now, okay? We'll be right back. Enjoy this quick advertisement for KitKats. Hey, friends. This is Cam, one of the hosts of the Gamer Heroes podcast. We really hope you're enjoying the show you're listening to right now, and if you are, please consider becoming a patron of the Heroes Podcast Network at patreon.com slash heroespodcasts. Your support would genuinely mean the world to us, and would allow us to cover hosting costs for the website, get new equipment and software, and even make it out to different conventions and events to meet you, our loyal listeners. All Patreon tiers... With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We'll get you access to the patron lounge in Slack, which will allow you to chat and interact with your favorite HPN hosts. On behalf of everyone here at HPN, thank you all so much for your continued support. We really couldn't do any of this without you. And we're back. I'm so sorry that wasn't Kit Kats. We pressed the wrong button. How horrible. Next I, time. I pressed the right button. No. I did. You, you pressed didn't the press the wrong button. Like press the Kit Kat button next Kit Kat doesn't give us enough money. Like, any money so rachel's working on that yeah. <laughs> all my sponsorships i'm really going after that kick-ass one <laughs> so we're talking kick-ass guys we're talking kick-ass one kick-ass two this is part of our fill our holes segment or retro reviews whatever you want to call it and we both or all we both all three of us watched both movies mm-hmm. so to prepare for this so we're going to chat a little bit about both Let's start. Ryan, which one's your favorite? One or two? One. Derek, one or two? One. Yes, one is the correct answer. There's a couple of things that in two. That is how we still be friends. There's a couple of things in two that I just personally love, but the first one's definitely the better movie. Yeah, just objectively, it's, it's significantly better. Now, but how would you guys rate it? Like, 
uh, scale of one to ten or letter grades between the so i know where the two sit in your do we want to is this a spoiler for no just right now like point, what sp- i just want to know what the gap is between quality for you um or enjoyment let's say enjoyment i mean not like a ton probably like b plus b minus it's kind of what i was thinking i might even go up to a b but we'll put a B plus. Yeah, it's, it's they're within the same letter. Okay, that's cool. Neither one is bad by any no. means, you know, but that's totally fair. Yeah. What about you? Oh no, I was gonna say the exact same. On my worst day, I'd probably give the two a C, but I really enjoyed it, so it's probably more of a B. Okay. Like I I think maybe quality wise of the director, since it was a different director than yes, you could feel that too. Uh-huh. Unfortunately, there was I some bad CGI in some places as mm-hmm. well. So that was uh, more noticeable in the second one, and I think it's because their budget was split across adding so many more extras that they didn't have the same budget to keep up with it. But you know, it happens. It, it was really only on Hit Girls' uh, van. Oh yeah, sequence. Well, honestly, seeing that the year it came out, it wasn't great then either. It's, yeah, yeah. It w- so it's not just it didn't hold up; it was bad no, to begin yeah, with. Yeah, it wasn't really great, and they were they really that scene was one that they released a lot of parts of in mm-hmm. the lead up to that movie. Yeah, the trailers. Um, yeah, and the trailers and whatnot, and uh, they were really hyping it up. And it was a cool sequence. Don't get me wrong, but it was the the CG was not good. Yeah. The stunt work was really great with that sequence. The cuts were pretty impressive because it made it look like. As the best as it could, that it was all done in real time. We know it wasn't. Right. Well, so the spoiler warning for the two kick-ass movies at this point. Yeah, um, absolutely. You, we're we're going to spoil. My, my problem with a, a scene like that being in all the trailers, though, and the way uh, Hit Girl's character is written in the second movie, that by the time the van scene happens... Like, it's so late in the movie. You're just, like, constantly, like, me, I was, like, waiting for it. I'm like, when is she going to change her mind and start doing stuff kind of thing? Right. Right? And it almost becomes a distraction, you know? Um, Like, it's... Your Winter Soldier Nick Fury, like, uh, when is he going to die? When is he going to come back part? Yeah, exactly. You know, you just, you know it's going to happen. And until it does, you're just, like, trying to guess when it's going to happen. Um, But... Yeah, I mean, so do we want to start with the first movie then? Sure, absolutely. So what are your favorite parts for the first movie? Uh, It's really, I really like that movie. And, you know, Mm -hmm. well, I give it a B plus. Like, it's one of my favorite superhero movies. So there's there's a lot of charm to it. It's tough to pick certain spots. I like Mr. Bitey. Uh, (laughs) You know, the the whole, that whole, that whole sequence, um, you know, kind of when he gets up on the thing falls down and the guy trips over him Mm -hmm. and that's his first time like really being a successful superhero Mm -hmm. and calling these guys out what why are you crazy kid what do you do you're gonna die for this guy he's like i'm not just gonna stand around and watch you know you three guys kill this guy while everybody watches or whatever he says you Mm -hmm. know like that was a really good scene and uh that it might be my favorite i really love the hit girl scene where she's uh going through the building also yeah Um, yeah towards the end um yeah there's there's so many good scenes though the big daddy scene in the warehouse is also i the seem way to really like plays, the stunt sequences apparently no, the, the fight sequences are so well coordinated and they feel both realistic and fantastical at the same time mm-hmm. like they're, so, the movies aren't particularly cgi heavy 
Right. There's obviously some moments. Like, he's not actually on a jetpack. Right. Well, it's right? more like wire <laughs> But that was so unexpected. It's more like wire work and, you right. know, crash pads and things like that. And I kind of like that. Like, there's some serious stuff happening. People are really dying. Lives are on the line. But it's still done more down to earth in a realistic way where it's not just so massive and over the top that everything every hit just becomes meaningless right right it doesn't have that it, no it has gravity but yeah or gravity that's toss that's it yeah behind the hits yeah and i think that's probably what makes it the most interesting i mean hit girl is my favorite part of both movies i think chloe's awesome and the fact that, and that she's, was like her first role too yeah well she's like eight in the first one no no i don't is she it's older not than that? seven years apart because no i know starts... yeah you're right they're not seven years apart she looks real, much much younger in the first yeah. one there um, were three years in between and she went from uh 12 to 15 I, I think, think she was supposed to life, be like so she, eight, though. It, I mean, it felt like she was supposed I, to be. Very why young. did Marcus drop her off at a high school? She's at the thirteen. End of the she's she's thirteen in the first one, okay. so she's sixteen in the second one, um, in real life anyway. Um, she looks a lot younger than yeah. thirteen, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe it's just because of the costume. You slap and stuff. some pigtails on anybody, they look a lot younger. It's just a childhood haircut, so it's very um, I, innocent, I guess. But like her, her fight sequences are just like they're the, they're my favorite ones in the first movie, and she's the youngest actor on set. And yeah, that Razul scene, the very first one where you see her like mm-hmm. come in, yeah, and save Dave. That was really, yeah, that was right? a really great character introduction. You got to see what she was all about like mm-hmm. right away, and you know, I mean, for the record, she has the best storyline throughout the two movies. It, it was very uh, interesting watching her grow. Because I feel like she's the only one that had a lot of personal growth between both. Like, both Red Mist and Kick-Ass had a lot of tragedy dumped in their laps, but they just had to be either a little more psycho or a little more mature. And she had to be a lot more mature and decide whether or not she wants to reclaim her life as a civilian or as a vigilante she's still one of the most badass mm-hmm. uh superheroes in a superhero movie like Ever. female superheroes or really male. like even male yeah. like just in general but since female superheroes are a big focus lately like what year did that come out 2010 the, the first one was 2010 i mean that was before we had you know wonder woman and captain and marvel, captain marvel and black and, widow yeah any of i these. mean it was still pretty early no, in the, the mcu year as black i mean widow. Iron yeah. Man would have been the only movie that had come out at that time. Probably. Uh, Maybe first no, time. Iron oh, Man, Hulk, Hulk, Hulk and Iron Man 2 had come out in Iron 2010. Man, yeah. um, uh, Thor and Captain America were 2011. Oh, okay. Um, so, I mean, it was still pretty young in the M- MCU, yeah. right? And before that, what did you have? You had the Spider-Man movies, X-Men movies and yeah. the X-Men and Batman movies. Like, that was basically it. Um, and I, I don't know. I think, I think Hit-Girl's character is so good in the two movies because – you know, we, we learn who she is in the first one, but in the second one, she actually has to deal with normal stuff, mm-hmm. right? Like, which is great. Fish out of water story, classic fish out of water story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It but worked. it's fish out, it's fish out of water in what's totally normal for a lot right. of people. Right. right. Everybody's and, used to the water, but she's not. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so like, it makes her feel more real. Whereas red mist and kick ass are going through like kind of crazy stuff especially red mist i mean he's a total nut job the entire time absolutely when he becomes a motherfucker like he's gotten uh, he's gone out of his head i love that they leaned into that though and how ridiculous it was yeah that was great that's his storyline was lifted straight from the comics even the uh rape scene only christopher mintz plus acts asked 
that they not do it that they not uh, he doesn't ever want to film one so they copped out and they didn't really cop out no no no. i mean that was a great way of handling yeah Yeah, i was before that movie came out i was really like what that's such a in the comic books it's a really terrible scene yes right um he he does go through with it in the comic books and it's just a terrible thing and Mm -hmm. i did not think that that was going to translate well to the movie and thank god we didn't have to do that you know it yeah. he, the way they handled it was really good evil has a limp dick or whatever whatever night bitch says was great it like, felt really in character for him absolutely right regardless of the comic book his version of the character that felt very well i can't with. believe that he's ever been laid yeah right? exactly red best <laughs> well he was kept on such a lockdown i mean that guy his bodyguard followed him the entire time yeah. i do want to clarify what i said copped out it's not like i actually wanted to I, see that happen i i meant the character yes yeah so uh, like actual in universe i apologize that was <laughs> that was a bad word so yeah. so something we're, we i don't want to skip over is that the the, the Two other things that make the first movie so good are two characters that can't return, which are Nick Cage and Mark Strong. And they're just both so fantastic in the first movie. They're two of my favorite actors in general anyway, so I'm kind of a sucker for their stuff. And it it is not an easy task to continue the rest of the characters without the those two guys it's funny has their rivals but on screen they never actually meet they probably never even had to shoot together or saw each other on set very much because they're they never actually meet yeah yeah you don't Uh, see that often like it's the wrath of khan there's a couple movies yeah but not many um the the big thing that i loved about uh big daddy was i mean we nicholas cage right away i mean you're he was channeling Adam West. The right? open scene was the shooting scene. And- right. You mm-hmm. know, I was using low velocity rounds to find out later in that very sad uh, scene of his death. But um, yeah, he was great. The The route he decided to go in like the Adam West Batman, like uh, temper, not temper to his voice. What am I thinking of? The, the cadence. cadence and, yeah. yeah. Of his voice. Um, you know, he did something that you don't see a lot of superheroes do. He just added a little bit to his mustache when mm-hmm. he put on the cowl, and uh, that changed the way he looked. You know, there was a lot of really cool things done with his character, and that scene. Gosh, I I can't really can't pick a favorite scene because the scene when Hit Girl goes to save him and he's yelling to her and smiling while he's on fire. I mean, it was very classic Nick Cage, mm-hmm. like crazy. Nick oh Cage. yeah, but it was it was perfect for for that scene. I don't think they could have done it in a better way. No, he, I, he brought his a game yeah yeah Without and he wasn't a really a star in it like he was he was a, very much just a supporting character really mm-hmm. so yeah absolutely it's not his story although it it should be and they they've talked for many years about doing a big daddy hit girl prequel to show like their progression her, mm-hmm. more of her training when she was like five or six when right but when then he you gets have out, to recast you do have hit to recast girl and probably Chloe. i mean probably nick cage too because i don't know that he could pull off a lot younger he's gotten um, a lot older yeah you're looking at de-aging about 20 you to could 25 de-age years. cage the way you de-age 
adult actors, right? With the with the digital AI stuff. They don't but, have Marvel money. Yeah, These are like exactly. indie films. No, I, but it's getting significantly cheaper to do it, and it's happening more often, right? So it's not an impossibility. But making Chloe, who's now in her twenties, make her look thirteen is just or younger. Well, no, just yeah, not, they would have to. That's just not practical. Younger. You know, that's it's not going to happen. Um, the Kick-Ass series of films is is dead. Um, it's really a shame. I don't know how she never got her own her own spinoff movie, especially after the second one. Last year, it was optioned for a TV show. So, um, how would that work? Like you meant like on an HBO kind of thing? Been, yeah, because there's okay. been a continuation of the comics, so they can. Why? Well, sorry, I meant it couldn't be like cable. Like, there's no way you're putting that on the on No, because, like, I mean, it has the like, same hyper-violence <laughs> as the director's cut of Watchmen. There's no reason why HBO couldn't handle it. Game of Thrones was on the exact same level of violence. Not, of course, sex. Game of Thrones is much, much more intense with sex. Well, yeah. Yeah, I, HBO could handle it. Showtime, Cinemax. Um, AMC would probably try, or FX could probably try, but the it's hyper violence it's mm-hmm. ultra violence it's an it's a cartoon the most cartoony thing about it is the violence yeah absolutely so. the amount of blood that just spills out how many broken bones people get Limbs yeah mm-hmm. yeah so good times um, so i i am curious you know you guys haven't seen this movie i'm assuming since you saw it back when it came out what kick-ass yeah um this was probably the third this is the third time i watched it because i bought it a while back and i watched it when i bought it so did you like it more watching it now, or did you like it more originally? That's a good question. I mean, because now we have so more... much more superhero in our lives, you know? I liked it more originally. Yeah. There's some stuff that doesn't age very well. I'm sure there's... you're thinking of the same stuff. Well, that I am. in the first movie, there's a lot of homophobia. Yeah. And it just doesn't sit very well with me. It reads differently. It's the same as going back and watching the Bill and Ted movies. You try and get the essence of it, but when the robots say the f word it just kind of takes you back like wow i'm not used to that anymore in this one they are in the in the second movie they kind of addressed that they did and i thought that was actually handled really well Mm -hmm. um i actually forgot how much kind of homophobic language was used uh in the first movie but when i went back and watched it again i was like oh okay it's just crazy how much society has changed their opinion about which words are acceptable in nine years yeah it hasn't been that long really it felt like it was like 2003 Mm -hmm. 2002 that that was still. well it's one of those movies because it wasn't a big box office blockbuster kind of thing maybe they felt like they needed to be edgier or be more controversial to bring people to the theater it's very you know, possible. I think there was plenty of controversy already around Hip Girl. I mean, I don't know if you remember when that movie came yeah. out, but there was uh, mom's activist groups like, mm-hmm. what are you doing to my little babies? Her mom was always on set, and her mom said that she didn't want her saying the F or C word. Uh, originally, it was in her contract, so they weren't going to do it. Her mom got more comfortable with the director, with Nick Cage, and she was like, you know what? Let's try a cut where she does say it and see how it goes her mom got to see playbacks and was just like yeah i approve of this so matthew vaughn and chloe's mom worked hand in hand and chloe's mom knows how to raise her own kids she doesn't need white carols from the midwest up in arms over it carols karens i would say they're more karens than carols but i mean you think so i don't know they both it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. 
I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I want to talk to my manager. The, the whole thing seemed kind of silly to me because there's there's been kids around her age and other significantly violent and adult productions i mean there's terminator 2 for example you've got where you know uh, natalie portman started her career with uh, the professional and it's a you know. very similar situation so, yeah this wasn't the first time it had ever happened before and at least it was like comic booky right. type stuff you know she was playing a, a superhero you know versus like the little john connor in t2 is nothing but like a loser little petty thief who curses all the time right <laughs> you of know? course one thing i did love about the direction they went with their character is that you can tell in that first movie she relishes this mm-hmm. like she every She's you know when you first see her save dave and she chops the guy's leg off and she turns around and smiles at kick ass it's like you can tell she just loves this and it really came across and honestly it was probably chloe really enjoying doing this crazy adult stuff as a kid you know uh well first of all learning those skills as a kid yeah ballet though, song i mean right all, yeah you know, that's she got gonna to all kinds of cool stuff. really help her out later on it probably has you know um so other things in the first movie before we we move on really to the second one which was the really what we're t- focusing on well the first one had a much better climax in my opinion the fight scenes in um in in the D'Amico building in their yeah. home and the apartment the yes. like how it went from in the warehouse yeah all the fight scenes in that movie all all the stunt scenes were just wonderful the the, the hand-to-hand combat was mm-hmm. great the gunplay was, gun play great. was fantastic the knife play and then the ridiculousness of the jetpack with gatling guns oh my and gosh. The when i saw that in theaters i could not <laughs> right like, but watching it now going back and knowing how the movie goes you could like there's so much focus on the bazooka throughout the movie yeah like the, there's the one shot when early on when they're in the base or whatever and it just po- focuses on the bazooka for like five seconds and now i w- if i went and saw that movie brand new i'd be like mm. that bazooka is going to be something yeah later. that's but then it didn't really mean anything i actually didn't pay attention to that i didn't notice it yeah that's crazy it's kind of funny one thing we haven't hit on on the first movie before we move on i think is huh. really worth noting hit uh is the soundtrack I love the soundtrack in that movie. I thought the way like Hit Girl didn't really have a theme so much as she had like some songs that were mm-hmm. like really strong. Every time I hear those songs now, I think of those sequences. I will say that like so it opens her coming in down the hallway with all the books and everything. Mm-hmm with the beginning notes of kryptonite and then it turns into joan jett's bad reputation and i was like thank goodness because i just turned to Derek and i was like god i hate three doors down like it's so bad but bad reputation was such a perfect perfect. song for that scene and such a cool song Um, joan jett needs to like play behind most fight sequences in my opinion and kick-ass's theme is super recognizable it's really good um the the kick-ass movies feel like 
there's like a subgenre that includes the kick-ass movies, Scott Pilgrim, and Kingsman. Right? Which I like all those movies. So yeah, <laughs> I mean, know, I'm sure there's some others. In yeah, there, there's but... like Red and Red right. Two. Yeah, and there you go. Those were hilarious. But like, I feel like they belong in a separate category almost from other movies because just tonally, there's something about the way they're shot, about the way they're choreographed, the way the music plays into it that's just different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, especially from other superhero movies. Yeah, I agree. And um, I love that about all of those movies. Yeah. It's, it's something I really appreciate. Um, but there's there's so there's a lot of really good things about the first one. I, I like Red Mist. I think it's a fun concept that, you know, he really wants to be a superhero and he's trying to use this as an excuse to, to be become one, a superhero. Yeah. And The thing with Christopher Mintz Plus as an actor, and I feel really bad about him, some of the other actors are, that worked with him in the sim- same movies or ran in similar circles have this problem too is i never see him as his character he's always christopher mince plus for me and this one was a little bit better i saw him more as red mist and the motherfucker but it's still you're still mclovin you're still um yeah role models like right like the uh, larper but i mean it worked in this case because the characters are fairly like i mean they're all kind of you know uh timid well, well, nick cage know. usually has that problem too like mm-hmm. he's just nick cage and everything but this he was an actual character <laughs> yeah. and he Memorable. he changed his voice he changed his mannerisms he was not just nick cage so right. It, it shows you that Nick Cage does have talent. Some movies he just phones in and he plays himself and he collects his paycheck. And other movies he shows well, up and he brings it. Sometimes they just want that, though. Yeah. You know, like they're in, like, in, we want a Nick Cage type. Well, can we get Nick Cage? Probably. Let's try. Right. Like in meet <laughs> in in uh, was it yeah meet meet the Fockers or whatever. Right. Like yeah. they just wanted Robert De Niro to be Robert De Niro. That's it. You know, they were like he wasn't like phoning it in. They just wanted him to be himself. Well, at that time. Yeah. It was also set as a precedent because he had already done Analyze This and Analyze right. That. So he already had comedy under his belt. Was before the Analyze This, it, it was not a thing. He was always a gangster. So Yeah, I just meant you know, sometimes they're hired just because they want it's that It's why there, people know? continue to go back to these 80s action stars. Bruce Willis keeps getting action roles, even though every single stunt of his takes 20 cuts now to get from one step to the second. <laughs> and apparently he's a huge douche. Yeah, he just gets douchier every so. movie. People... Oh. I'm more of a Schwarzenegger Stallone guy, personally. We so. know Their cuts are really Dolph. bad, too. <laughs> we know. I know. <laughs> Liam Neeson's are so bad. If you watch any of the Taken movies, anytime he like jumps a fence, there's like seven cuts between one action. I believe it. <laughs> uh, so should we hit up on the second let's one? Let's do. A let's bit. talk about Jim Carrey and how he did a very similar thing as Nick Cage. Like he created a whole personality for this one character. Colonel Stars and Stripes. Well, God, he's so wonderful. Jim Carrey actually, I, I think, has done that more than he hasn't at this point in Absolutely. his career. I agree. Like, people but still at the rem- time this came out, it was not as common. I mean, he had already done the Truman Show. He had already done um, uh, the Majestic, Eternal Sunshine, and the Majestic. Number 23. Like he had already done big stuff that like people still for some reason remember him as liar liar and Ace Ventura right and Dumb and Dumber that's what they remember him as but he's done a lot more significantly better material where he has had to do that where he has had to create a character that is very unique aside from Hit Girl Colonel Stars and Stripes was the second best thing not even like that much of a low step to get to he was 
wonderful. His facial prosthetics were, were subtle, but they mm-hmm. uh, they really did make him look different. Mm-hmm. Like it's amazing how much some subtle changes. I like Spraying his hair, his hair yeah. giving hair him the cool. muscle suit. Mm-hmm. Too. It yeah. was wonderful. His relationship with the dog, even? Schwanz. Schwanz. <laughs> I do like that there is that line, though, too, and the motherfucker shows up with the I'm going to kill a dog. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. you yeah, know? but cut his head off. I'm right? so glad that they. There's a line. They acknowledge that. Okay, you don't cross it because then John Wick comes after right. you. And nobody mm-hmm. wants that. Maybe that exists. In the, John Wick's in the same universe as Kick-Ass. But his character had a, a lot more depth than you really expected it to. He's a mafia, ex-mafia hitman that was, that became a born-again born again. Christian. Doesn't want people cursing around him. But he's going to throw a bottle in the air and smash it in your face with a baseball. Well, not a baseball bat, but some sort of club. If you're a bad person. Yes, if you're not a bad exactly. person, he's going to go to the soup kitchen and help feed you. Yeah, and right? I love that scene, Such too. Such a it cool idea. So good. The that fact, message. He got them to do Good Samaritan work yeah. as well. No. That that message of people should get what they deserve doesn't have to be a negative connotation. Right. Mm-hmm. No superhero movie does that. Right. Nobody does that. And yeah, you've got, you know, the saving cats and trees and people from fires and stuff like I that. I actually hate the saving cats and trees. Like, that's the only thing <laughs> we remember. It, like, Superman did that once in one comic and uh, once in one movie, and that's the good thing we latch onto. Cats can get down, guys. I, I was, like, when they get I was purposely picking a cliche. But I know. That's, I just sorry. mean that it's they, my rant for the day. <laughs> you never see the superheroes actually like volunteering and doing charity work. Yeah. Which is what they did in not this. even in the MCU. None like, of none of the big shots do nothing. that. And I thought that was really, really cool because at the end of the day, they are normal people. Right. None of them are actually super powered. So, so uh, hit girl maybe. Close, <laughs> she's the closest thing to it. Well, and Mother Russia. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, talking about Jim Carrey, I don't know how much you guys remember about when this movie came yes. out. But when this movie came out, right Sandy when Hook the well, yes, and right when the promotion was about to start for it, Jim Carrey really went off about violence in movies and uh, how they're responsible for how youth are turning out and things like that. Um, and this is right when this movie is about to yeah. start pushing for its release, you know, promoting for its release. Uh, it was a really weird time, and I feel like that probably helped the movie more than it hurt it. Like I will tell you, it kind of soured me on the idea because I'm a, I'm a huge Jim Carrey fan. I absolutely love him, um, and when he came out and said all of that, my first thought was, well, maybe I shouldn't bother to go see it then. You know, because yeah. if it's not something he's proud of, like I've I've seen I I might have seen all of his movies at this point, but to to know that he wasn't proud of that movie i'd never heard him say that before which that's really yeah. disappointing because you know? it, i mean he should be proud of it because what he did with that character was really great you know i get the social responsibility because you have these shooters coming out and saying that they were inspired by these movies so we can't sit here anymore and say that our pop culture doesn't feed into it but we also know that there's a huge mental health aspect in the environment you grow up in and what you're available to like it's not just one thing it's it's a lot of things put together yeah. and um but I, I thought his character was a big proponent against violence in the I movie i mean because they show him in the soup kitchen scene and they sh- they show him he carries a gun that's not loaded it's um, a, i i get it though that it's the most violent movie he's ever done sure. by a pretty big margin yeah and i get how he's he seems in his personal life to be a pretty raw emotional guy and the whole thing probably hit him really hard. And he thought, what if it is a factor? And what if 
my role is contributing to it. And I can respect that concern of not wanting to be a negative influence. Right. And on know? the flip side, his coworkers, his co-stars were very disappointed in him. They were pretty angry. They thought his statement was exaggerating the point and uh, really the disconnect was unnecessary. They so, were trying to do damage control pretty. Absolutely. I mean, I so they have point valid points too. Said, Don't go see this yeah, movie. He well, had valid, like they had valid points too. They worked really hard and they, that movie we didn't get a Kick-Ass 3 because Kick-Ass 2 didn't make money. Right. It bombed so hard. It, But at the same time, people saw it. It was the second most pirated movie of that year. So people stole that instead of buying a ticket. And that suffers. We don't get the content we want. If you want your favorite franchise to continue, you have to support it financially. They don't care about your tweets. Well, nowadays, they actually like look at the number of torrented and downloaded files to determine the success of a movie. They really they they don't count it in the box office or anything, right. but they do like that's a reported figure for a lot of studios. When you talk about like what does get a sequel and things. Yeah. And to, to your point about the box office for a minute, like let's talk about how dismally bad it actually was. It was so bad. Kick-Ass 2's lifetime domestic gross was 28 Point eight million lifetime. That's not good, right? And we're talking about we talked earlier at the beginning of the show how bad Men in Black International's opening weekend was, and its opening weekend was still more. To be fair, I right. imagine the CGI and, or the budget for Men in Black is going to be a lot higher. Yes, oh, I bet. absolutely. Yeah. That's why I'm, I'm talking. But, yeah. li- but like for lifetime gross, its opening weekend, you know, was thirteen. So it didn't even make. It made more than well, almost. It made less than half its money, I guess, opening weekend. So that's, that's probably pretty average, I would imagine. But I mean, the first one didn't even break 50. Yeah. Right. And so like these weren't big money makers. But if you worked on the film, you know, you have to think that, you know, maybe you're getting kickbacks in the you know, on, on, not kickbacks, a back end, you know, for for ticket sales or home video sales. Or maybe you wanted that that third movie, you know, to continue your career. Um, mm-hmm. And it was a little bit of a dick move for Jim Carrey too, because he was already established at this point, right? Like, and you had a lot of young actors in these movies that were not necessarily like oh, big he, yet. In the, the second movie, he's that, by far the biggest yeah. name. Not the, even close. the likelihood that Aaron Taylor Johnson, Chloe Moretz, uh, has careers that rival the success of most of Jim Carrey's films is still very unlikely. Even though they're both still working, they both still get decent roles with high-paying, big, in-your-face roles. Like, it doesn't matter. They're, they may not be known for iconic characters or, like, that legendary status. Like, you know, well, that movie could that could have affected their, their career and, sh- and shut them have. down. Like, that was... Because Jim Carrey, if that movie was bad and bombed, then, which it wasn't bad, but it did bomb, um, that's not going to affect his career at all. Well, let's look right? at but those other ones. They didn't. They didn't have nearly the amount of success at that time mm-hmm. that Jim Carrey had had. So that could have easily ended several careers. It may well have. Mm-hmm. So let's look at Donald Faison, who had. Most I'm sure of... you loved seeing him. This. Man, I love He's him so, so much. <laughs> but let's face it, he had most of his movie roles in the '90s, and this was his first big one. Yeah, playing a superhero. Playing a superhero, and his career went back to just tv at the time no that's not a bad thing he's a wonderful tv actor but movies pay more and movies don't get canceled right away so this this could have halted his career well i mean Uh, we haven't seen christopher mint's plast really either aaron hasn't really done squad he was quicksilver but that's about it in the your aaron taylor johnson he was quicksilver in the mcu 
Yeah. Right, but like. And in Godzilla. But that, like that, that's it. Yeah, yeah, he really hasn't done. Much. Like that's that's <laughs> yeah. what we're saying. Yeah. Like, like he those are big profile roles, but they're not like Jim Carrey level. Yeah. Right, exactly. And the thing is, I mean, both of those two roles came the following year, so he was probably already under contract right. at that point. So if you look after 2014, um, I guess. Oh well, my bad. He's actually, I forgot that he's uncredited in, in um, Winter Soldier. So he 2015 is when Ultron was, but after that he was in nothing. I mean, you know, so yeah. that his career didn't really take off. Chloe's done all right, but Chris Furman's plots hasn't, and mm-hmm. Donald Faison hasn't, and Clark Duke really hasn't. So, you know, the Evan Peters. He's about the only one. Well, he wasn't in the second one. Right. No, he was, he didn't come back. His recasting was very jarring for me because we were both like, is he supposed to be the same character? Is this a new friend? Because I couldn't get Evan Peters. Same with Marcus's role. I have no. There's there's a reason why Evan Peters like he got picked up for um, American Horror Story at that time. He, right. But it could have been a scheduling thing. You know, it wasn't a big enough role for them to adjust filming schedules for originally. Absolutely. I just don't know why Marcus was free done. That's what so. I mean. It was probably it was probably a scheduling thing and his character mm-hmm. was so minor in the first film Got it. that it wasn't worth scheduling well, problems. Morris Chestnut is in fact a better actor. So, Ellie, Marcus was a bigger role. It had to be in the second one. Yeah. So, I am happier that they got a more prolific actor this guy has done tv and movies and has been around longer so speaking of todd's character for a minute it's one of the few things in the second movie that really bothered me is that there are zero consequences to him totally turning in all of the good getting his dad killed yeah like Mm -hmm. zero consequences nothing happens like yeah kick-ass's dad is straight up murdered in jail uh for covering for his son and and he was supposed to be released like in a few hours like nothing like, happens one day and that bothered me like because yeah. you made a point of like giving him a costume that's similar to kick asses you have a whole conversation about the names you bring him into the big lair right and then nothing everything's fine it's cool we're all good it was a redemption story that's not a redemption story that's we need a way to make this stuff he work. fought with the good guys you know again, so that's we forgot to write this in Pretty much. <laughs> yeah uh, that bothered me. That's too one of my focused big... on the shark eating his genitals. That's one of my gripes in the movie. What did you guys think of like the the crew of heroes? Um, you I had Insect Man, cute. right? And then you had the two parents that their kid had gone missing. Yeah, and you had they Dr. were pretty Gravity. good. They were pretty good. And Night, Night Bitch. Bitch. Yeah, I actually really liked them. I thought it was all coming from a really good place, and they were good realistic yeah. reasons. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, Donald Faison was was my favorite, the professor, yeah. uh, but that's a little biased. The parents were just so wonderful, and I kept waiting for them to be the ones who were going to get killed off, to be completely honest, because they're easily the, you know, cheapest targets and right. the most gut-punching. I actually didn't expect Jim Carrey to be killed off at the beginning of the second act. It's not even... He doesn't get a lot of time. No. So I wasn't expecting that. I thought it was going to be the parents because um, Insect Man wouldn't have really affected you. But you hear that the, you lose both of them. And that's, ooh, that's I think sensitive. killing off the parents would have been. I'm not they, saying it would have been a best. Decision. I, I, I think it would have been, I'm saying I think it would have been too much. A bit, a bit much. I just 
thought that's how it was gonna yeah. go and it was gonna be really tearful like some sort of i Titanic. did like that when they were gonna go into like the big fight they, that they were like you know we're, we didn't sign up to join a gang fight or something like that you know and they they just they were they were the ones that wanted to go to the soup kitchens right mm-hmm. you know right yeah you know, i love that about the, their character um what about the bad guys the group of bad guys i mean they were impressive of course it was it was amazing seeing wong as the pimp yeah. the leader of the prostitution ring and then um oh god i'm forgetting i know his real name daniel kaluuya but uh he was in you know get out of course when he had his big break and then black panther like six yeah. months later so um it was a little jarring to see them because i'm not used to seeing them in previous stuff they they just kind of emerged so i didn't really like the bad guys really the the scene in the neighborhood with the cop cars i felt was just so over the top i see but i like that about it because in the second one they really leaned into how ridiculous because i mean at that point uh the motherfucker or redness whatever in, in between the two movies he had really gone off the deep end sure. and sure. they leaned into the comic book like ridiculousness more in the second one for the villains but like the heroes they didn't really some do of it was just villains. some of its stupidity though like okay they destroy a cop car then they destroy a second cop car then they destroy a third cop car and the fourth cop car does the exact same thing the first three cop cars did like at some point it was to show mother russia and like i, know, why that was she's fun. I loved mother russia i'm not saying i didn't i didn't like the character i think the way that scene was written to show her off didn't work for me okay. it, it got it got too silly to the point where like at some point these cops are just the worst cops that have well, ever had a job ever the city needs <laughs> real superheroes so uh i mean there are cops in that town are obviously not that good but i don't know after like four cars were destroyed and 10 men were down maybe you should call in a helicopter with a sniper and take care of it that way that, that's, that's kind of what i'm trying to say i i, I am yeah. agreeing with you okay. i'm not arguing against you i i too think that the second movie had some superfluous scenes but you know i thought the uh scene with the motherfucker in jail meeting his uncle that we just now met and like that was a useless scene in my opinion Who was from game of thrones yeah. i didn't realize that marcy and i were like where where do we know that guy from uh-huh yeah and there's no reason why john Leguizamo's death had to happen red mist and motherfucker he was already on the the crazy yeah. train like he, yeah that storyline doesn't change anything. it was trying to make you feel a little sympathetic i think for for the motherfucker but you didn't really but the way he handles the jail scene after the murder makes you think he's gonna come back in and kill his uncle or right. something not yeah. feel bad for him like, it doesn't push any character along in any real way sure i also thought it was unnecessary to show the results of the sex stick as much as i oh god i love that i think you have to oh god it's just so unnecessarily nasty you know like you signed up no i signed up for blood i signed up for a lot of it i did not sign up for three girls literally vomiting and shitting themselves I didn't sign up. But for don't that. you wish there were some girls that you picked on, that picked on you in high school <laughs> that you could have done that to? I, I yes. No, because girls didn't really pick on me it, in high school. It, I wish I could do it to some guys who would well, like harass me. Too. You know, it works on um, guys too. Assault yeah. me and stuff. Yeah. So that. Um, I don't know. I, I I thought that was a fun concept. I thought it was a cool way for. He stops the movie. He turns to me and he's like, "You know, there's real technology out there like that." <laughs> I did not <laughs> stop the movie. We pause movies all the time so we can talk. That, that way we don't interrupt why. it. 
Yeah, anytime we talk. I love that scene, though. Anyway. It was like Mean Girls. It reminded me of Mean Girls oh, if Mean Girls was rated was. R. But, like, the the whole date ditch in the, um, in the woods was a little, a little too long. Like, some of the scenes were just a little too long. I loved her dance audition, though. Like, that was great. Yeah. Yeah, it was a cool scene. Having to film that scene twice, one with the ninjas and one without, was pretty impressive that they got the cuts all correct. Or the ninjas were there the whole time, but they're ninjas, so... You didn't know. (laughs) That's right. They were hiding. Smoke bombs. It's 9 o'clock. Let's end this shenanigans. What's... No, there's still plenty of stuff to talk about. Well, we haven't talked about the climax at all, the, the big end fight. That was fun. So, we rented it on Amazon, and there's a much... It longer extended scene 10 times better yeah. i'm actually really upset they cut that scene down the extended cut includes the dog the dog returns and just the way the fight gets started you get to see more of the heroes up close and stuff like that and it's a much cooler way to start the fight yeah dr gravity's getting a little impatient he's like is this gonna pop off or what <laughs> right which is pretty great um, but what i think is really kind of funny about this scene is it has really tight parallels to the first one's final fight where Hit Girl's really doing all of the work fighting the real bad guy. Right. And, and everybody ass, else is just like, yeah. Kickass is like on the roof trading crappy punches, you know? Right. <laughs> he fully admits at the beginning that he's her Robin and she's like, who wants to be Robin? And he's like, man, Robin's a badass. Yeah. Like, and Robin I, is. Like, in a lot of cases, he is. All 30 of them. Have yeah. been, like, Other than really... like the Adam West version. He's mm-hmm. been a pretty big badass in every single one. It's yeah. true. So I am completely down for kick-ass recognizing his role in this oh no and... I, I like the parallels though mm-hmm. like really not not much has really changed between the two right. films right they're still the exact same people like he might be a slightly better fighter now and he can do pull-ups but yeah right yeah, he's no hit girl yeah so. no salmon ladder no care <laughs> <laughs> no salmon ladder uh as soon that as, wasn't a thing yet as soon as they show the in- i guess in the second the one. injectables on the wall i was like i thought that's like pcp <laughs> i i highly doubt i mean they were setting it up to be cyanide obviously absolutely. i never but... believed that for a second though yeah because i just it never occurred to me that big daddy would want to do that to himself or have his daughter right and so i assumed it had to be some type of crazy drug maybe it would fake a death or maybe it would be the adrenaline but there's no way that was like a cyanide capsule kind i of thought thing. it was worse than adrenaline i thought it was like straight up know, like yeah. yeah pc pcp is worse than adrenaline PCP, well, yeah. Yeah. yes yeah they don't give you that when your heart stops. <laughs> Not generally, no. <laughs> um, I gotta say, I'm a little disappointed that the motherfucker survives the shark attack. Yeah. Because you know, it just doesn't seem likely. And um, I guess the idea would be that he would Well, in the normal cut, he point. doesn't. What? In the in the regular version of that fight scene, he does not. And I'm pretty sure in the theatrical yeah. cut, did yeah, he? Yeah, it was the end of credit scene. He's well, in... not the end of credit scene. Is it? Yeah, it was, the it was at the scene? very end of the credits. He is in his hospital room with no limbs, no arms, and he says, "Apparently, that he, I, mi- I did not watch through the through the." He said that he got his dick cut off, and nobody will help him uh, get water. He's just like struggling to lean forward and okay. get a sip of water. So, He's in pretty rough shape. Yeah, clearly, he was supposed to be the villain in the third movie again. Right. Which we'll never see. Yeah. But well, they set up a lot of stuff for a th- for another movie, Absolutely. right? Like they set up. Hit- okay, so my my biggest problem with this movie their relationship, the like kiss at the mm-hmm. end. Yeah, I hated that. I hated that from the day the movie came out. But whatever. They set up Hit Girl leaving off on her own as another movie. 
they set up kick ass with like his Iron Man suit as another movie, and then apparently this also. Well, let's not forget that Aaron Taylor Johnson is a grown man. He is married with a stepchild at this point. His life is completely different, and they still have him kiss an underage girl. So legally, that bothered me a lot, but in universe. It made sense to me since she was already checking him out a few times that she She's would have the herself, hormones. Right. Like, right. Yeah, I could, I could but like, well, well, he should have backed away. It, in, in context of the movie, right, you have a situation where she's never kissed anybody before, right? And she she's wants, starting to have these feelings. She wants to do that and she trusts him. Yeah. And that's who she wants to have her first kiss with is with somebody that she trusts, right? Someone I that she that. actually cares about. So the character thing is fine. The real world implications of that are weird. Yeah. There's no way around that. Go <laughs> so look up Aaron Taylor Johnson's wife. She's like 80 years older than him. It's very. So maybe he thought it was fine. Then. <laughs> so... it, it's very Harold and Maude. That's all I'm going to say. I mean. He got jacked at the end of that, too. Oh, he was my God. Huge. For those two scenes without his shirt, yeah. then he's insanely huge. Like, way to go, guy. Like, yeah. Good like for this you, man. For the, you're not on the MCU diet or the or the DC, you know, trainers diet. And he didn't have that stuff. This was all, probably on his own with maybe, like, whatever they could afford for a trainer. And that dude got big. So yeah. I, if they ever huge cast him in another superhero role. I you mean be, like Quicksilver? I, well, you know what I mean? Like one that actually requires you to be a big dude. I would be all about it. I He, he can Fair clearly So should he up. be Batman? I would have been okay with it, honestly. I think he's a good actor in general. And I just don't find him very like charming. Yeah, I, don't I don't know why I have to Batman, root for right. him. Even as kick-ass, I'm like, what? You're, you're but I don't kind think of you're, a geek. I don't think you're supposed to. I don't know. There's, it's a weird movie. And yeah. I don't think Hit Girl is the real star of both of the movies. Yeah. And Kick-Ass is the title and the main character. But it's like uh, what I like about um, Big Trouble in Little China. He's clearly the sidekick. He is yeah. not the hero. And there's not so many movies out there that are told from the perspective of a sidekick. That's well, true. But you think about like he's he wants to do the right thing. He wants to be a good person. He wants to better the world. He's just not the best at it. Right. right. The first time he does it, he literally gets shanked and run over by a car. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of hard to watch at times, I think, is part of the problem. You know, because he doesn't have the money. He doesn't have the support. That's kind of the cool thing in the second movie. He's got a club around him now. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, of people to support like-minded him. people, so, right? Yeah, and that kind of changes the tone of things. But the end fight's cool. I like the end fight. I do too. Personally, mm-hmm. I think it was a lot of fun. The extended stuff was neat, but um, for for that scene, the rest of the scenes, yes. I'm actually really happy yes. they cut. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, all right. Are there any other things we should touch on then before we wrap up this? I don't think so. No, I think we Good time. Pretty much everything. Okay. So, any changes on your ratings for these at all? No, it's still like. B plus, B minus, yeah. For the first one and second one? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Sounds good to me then. So, so yeah, so this that's it then for this. Uh, this was our Fill Our Holes retro review. This was Ryan's pick, which means that next month in July is my pick. So, Yay. Yeah. What I, sci-fi movie are you going to make? I promise watch? it will not be classic science fiction. Okay. I haven't picked the movie yet, but it's not classic science fiction. I was going to go with something old again, but I'm going to give you guys a break. 
Well, next one I'm going to go with a musical and you guys can deal with it. If it's uh I've never seen a uh, Little Shop of Horrors, so <gasps> we should I'm just kidding. I love that movie. I just I want to watch like, it again. What? Have you ever seen the original one? No, but I don't really have much interest in it after seeing the It's not good. One. No. <laughs> no. It's not like, good. even if you told me it was amazing, like how are you going to beat the cast that was in the Oh, I mean the first one's not even a musical. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, so it's, it's like it's a totally different movie, completely different. Okay, so next week we're going to talk Suicide Squad 2. We're going to kind of pitch possible storylines they can go after. We'll remind you of who all has been cast, who all has been announced as appearing in the film, and uh, where they could go from there. So it won't just be like our normal pitches. We'll, we'll kind of work things out together. And then the week after that is Derek's uh, Fill Your Holes. So... Join us, of course, every Tuesday on Twitch at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, twitch.tv slash heroes podcast. Listen to the podcast every Thursday, right? 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 On most podcast players, including Apple Music and Spotify and Spreaker and Google Play and, you know, whatever. All other ones, I guess. <laughs> Whatever's left. Just let her keep going. And then, of course, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Heroes Podcast. You can also follow Screen Heroes specifically on Twitter at Screen Heroes Pod. You can follow Ryan at Buster Props on Instagram and Facebook. You can follow Derek at The Star Trek Dude on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can follow me, Siren Ray, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Vero, apparently. Yep. Yes. Yep, with Zack Snyder. Yes. <laughs> just just the two of them hanging uh-huh. out. <laughs> Trading behind the scenes photos from the Snyder cut. Well, he's like, here's a picture of Darkseid, right? And I'm like, here's a picture from my Domino photo shoot. Here's a These picture of my dog. equal content. <laughs> you don't just show like, oh, here's my dark side <laughs> From the Ray cut. <laughs> Get out of here. Alright guys, we will see you next week to talk Suicide Squad. Bye. <laughs> You're ridiculous. Here's the ray cut. <laughs>